his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Perry Woods. And yes, indeed, the Weekend Report is on your radio. Merry Christmas weekend. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. And thank you so much for joining us. My name is Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Carl Carl Middleman. Hello. Got a great sweater on today. Uh, was this, that the winning sweater? Yeah, no, 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 no. This, this was not, not safe for work. This was not allowed to be. Yeah. This was my original entry. They said I could not have this one. Ah, I understand mm. why. I understand why. It's pretty good, though. It's pretty I, good. But I am the award winner, thanks to all of y'all. Yes. That's a good tease, because now I want to see what it looks like. Uh, it says, it's, well, it looks like uh, a regular Christmas sweater, mm-hmm. except it's, it says Mary, mm-hmm. and it says right. Christmas. Yeah, and in the middle there's yeah. a word that starts with the letter F. But it's uh, not, it's not but it's, spelled. But it's censored. It, and it's Christmassy. It. Yeah, and it's very Christmassy. <laughs> And it's and it's a and it's a censored word. It's pretty oh, funny. I'm even more intrigued. It's pretty funny. Pretty funny. That is my partner Chris Arps this week, not in the Arps compound under fifty feet of concrete and steel in a nondescript building somewhere in the St. Louis metro area. In fact, he is back on the road traveling about this great country. Um, I, if you want to, you can talk about where you're at, Chris. If you want to <laughs> keep that secret, that's fine too. Tony, I'm in the quaint little village of Chester, New York, right. which is uh, upstate New York. It's the suburbs of New York City. You got and some... I'm spending Christmas with uh, my in-laws. Yeah, that's very cool. That is very, very cool. What was it like uh, uh, on the roads traveling this holiday season? Uh, do you do that very often? Did it seem like there was a lot less people traveling? Did it seem about normal? Could you even make that judgment by what you did? It's ironic that you say that because my wife was saying, you know what? I'm seeing more trucks on the road than cars. So hmm. there you go. Yeah, there a you lot go. Of trucks, but not as many cars. As yeah. You yeah. Yeah. Amazon trucks delivering our packages. <laughs> yeah, delivering <laughs> exactly. presents. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we've got a great show on tap for you today. Uh, a little bit later on this hour, we are going to replay our discussion with Burgess Owens earlier this week. So I was hosting. Uh, the Dave Glover Show, or, all this past week, and I'll be hosting again this week as Dave is taking his annual year-end break. And uh, this past Monday, 
Chris was with me for the entire show, mm-hmm. and Burgess Owens joined us on the line. And it has been a few weeks since we had a chance to talk to the congressman-elect, Burgess Owens. I <laughs> thought it was a great conversation, so we are going to replay that for you in a little bit, just a little bit later on this hour. Next hour, we are going to talk to the Insider's Insider, Rodney Boyd. We're also going to talk to America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. You know, I couldn't let the holiday season go by <laughs> Without a little uh, <laughs> spirited debate, right? We, they say, uh, you know, don't talk religion and politics at your holiday gatherings. But the holiday gathering here on the Weekend Report, we're going to talk politics with America's favorite liberal. And that sometimes gets a little hot. And I like it. It does. It does. But, you know, we need that Yuletide cheer of uh, Keith Antone on a good Christmas hey. Christmas Day, whatever we want to call it. It's Boxing Day today. Chris, maybe you can do to Keith what you did to Bob Beckel last week. You warmed the Grinch's heart. His heart grew three times that day. Yeah, well, his, we he has an enlarged heart anyway. When we, talked to, when we talked to Bob Beckel last week, you, I mean, he stuck to his guns pretty much, and he did strut like you said he would. And uh, But... I, by the end of the debate, you kind of had him agreeing with you on a few points. I thought that was pretty impressive. Well, Tony, you've given me a challenge. So yes. What, uh, see if you can turn around. Turn. See if you can turn around, Keith. So uh, all of that, and in a few moments, we are going to talk to State Representative Newsmaker Nick Schroer. The Missouri legislative session is right around the corner, like mm-hmm. two weeks or something. It's it's <laughs> it's about ready to start. Um. So Nick will be give us some great insight on that. So will Rodney Boyd. Um, Chris, do you are, is there anything particular going into twenty twenty one that you are looking at as far as state politics are concerned? Because we get so caught up, especially these last couple months with the election mm-hmm. and COVID and uh, transition team and Joe Biden and you know just all of this. It's all national politics. The Senate race in Georgia. It's all national politics. We've not talked very much at all about St. Louis or Missouri politics, but there's a new legislative session starting. Mike Mm -hmm. Parson is about to start his uh, one and only uh, term as an elected governor. So, you know, there's plenty of stuff happening here in the state of Missouri as well. Is there anything that you are particularly interested in or keeping an eye on? Yeah, the one thing that I'm going to be looking at this legislative session is the uh, charter school movement. Mm. You know, charter schools, when this first went into law, they could only be in St. Louis City and St. Louis County. But it was announced a couple of weeks ago that there's going to be a charter school in in St. Louis County uh, in the Normandy School District. And, uh, you know, the rural legislators have been adamantly against school choice, uh, expanding that to uh, outside areas like the rural areas. And so there's supposed to be a big push to make this a statewide thing where it doesn't matter. You know, you can have charter schools outside of St. Louis City and St. Louis County and have them everywhere. Mm-hmm. But that's probably one of the main things that I'm going to be focusing on uh, this session. Tony. What side of it are you on? Oh, I'm for school choice, man. I, I'm ecstatic that the Normandy School District is uh, has a charter school. You know, Normandy and, and Riverview were two school districts that were taken over by the state a few years ago. And uh, those school districts are predominantly African-American. And uh, you can't have any upward mobility in America without a good education. So I'm happy to see this. Speaking of a little bit of local news, just because we've got such a busy show, uh, normally we would do this a little bit later, but uh, I don't know. I don't want to run out of time. Carl, it was uh, finally announced the beginning of the NHL season. So we finally know when we'll 
get some blues hockey. Do you have uh, as we said last week? And I said I think it's going to be January thirteenth. Yeah. Guess what? (laughs) That's what happens when you have a when you have a yeah when you have a person that works for the blues on your staff here. Then it uh, you get that inside track. Now I was right about that, but they're starting on the road. So the home uh-huh. the home opener is January eighteenth versus the Sharks, and the Blues are the NHL this year is doing something differently. They're doing two game packages, it's, so they're more like baseball than because hockey was like you play the Sharks one night, you play the Ducks the next night, or not the next night or the next game. Mm-hmm. This one it's going to be still every other day, but you're going to play the same team twice. Like we're we're going to play two games in Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then we'll play two games at home versus the Sharks, and then two games at home versus the Kings, and then we'll go to Vegas for two games. You like it, that? I. Uh, it builds up. If you if something happens the game before, then there's payback. That's yeah. it's more playoff like because you can hate a team more if mm-hmm. they do something to you the night before. There's times in hockey, Chris, that I I mean over the years of watching hockey that there mm-hmm. will be. To Carl's point, sometimes teams see each other so infrequently mm-hmm. that somebody will mess with somebody in, in a game and, you know, get out of hand with somebody, and it won't be for sometimes till the next season that those two teams later, play. And, right. and, like, half and, of the team's gone. And that payback is still extracted. Like, they mm-hmm. don't – they have long memories in <laughs> hockey. And, and yet, yeah, to Carl's point, that will be a, an opportunity for maybe uh, uh, some immediate payback. What do you think, Chris, about playing uh, the hockey season like that? Well, I'm not a big hockey fan, as you guys know, but I've always wondered why hockey didn't do back-to-back games like It's, it's too baseball. tiring. It's too tiring. And is that it? Yeah, it's very difficult to play two hockey games in a, okay. in a row. Right. That, but it's still going to be. It's still going to be every other day ish. Yeah. There's not going to be a lot of. And that was the thing. The Blues always hated because they always got. Because the of course the NHL hates the Blues, so we would always get like back to back games like on other ends of the it's, coast. Right, right. One, <laughs> one game one would night start New York at and one night, nine yeah. o'clock, and then the other game would start at six. Oh, yeah. it's not. So now there is going to be less of that because they're playing nothing but Western Conference yeah, teams. So could, can you explain that? How many divisions there are? Four there are. divisions. Okay. The can, all is Canadians. It the same, it, it, yeah, it's not the same divisions as no, before. no, no. Because we are not in a division with Chicago and Nashville, like a lot of people are upset about. Yeah, but we're, which, we're playing which we Vegas. Be. But we're playing Vegas and we're playing Colorado and we hate them too. Is there a central division? Yes, there is. So how is St. Louis not in the central division? Well, <laughs> I mean, come on. Da- What's more yeah. central than St. Louis? Dallas. They were they did switch Dallas and Minnesota because Minnesota is barely farther west than us. But they've got stuck. They got stuck in this too because they wanted Dallas and Chicago in the same division. Mm. So Dallas, Chicago, Nashville—they're all in the central. There's the Canadian one, and then there's the. Elite, Eastern, New York, Pittsburgh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Chicago. New York, Pittsburgh, uh, New York, Philadelphia, New Jersey. Yeah, all of the all of them are in the Metropolitan League, and mm. so the Central Division's actually got like Tampa in it. That would be that's a great division. Yeah, and I I think that's going to be the one to watch. But so you play only in your division. Only in your division. It's obviously not a full season, which is normally what like eighty two games, eighty two games, yeah, eighty two games, uh, forty one. Yeah, home 41, and 41, 41 away. And so this one is going to be 50, 50 something. Yeah, yeah, 56 maybe. Yeah, that sounds and, right. And then um, it's going to be like baseball. You're not going to see anybody else in any other division until yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'll still have to like win your division, and then you will play. And talked to, I talked to Frank Cusimano on on Dave's show a couple days ago as well, and <laughs> bless, bless you. you. And he said that. Oh, I uh, thought I turned the mute on. No, I'm you sorry. did not. No, didn't get it on in time. 
Uh, Frank said that uh, the Blues are working with state and city officials to try to get fans in the building. Not right away. They know they're not going to have fans in the building for those Dallas first games. Dallas is starting right away. They're going to have five thousand fans in the building. Yeah, I, I don't think the Blues. I don't think the Blues expect to have people in in the building for the first few games. But the organization, according to Frank, at least, is working with local officials to figure out a way to have some fans in the Scott Trade Center eventually for the games yeah and i have not been contacted by anyone because i'm not calling there, anyone this are week are you going to are you going to hit the are you going to be in charge of the foghorn and what's that like without people in the building <laughs> more than well, that's what they did in the bubbles they still played music and they did that but it's still i'm not bothering anyone this week i'll yeah. bother them next yeah, week yeah i understand because <laughs> i am like the music and the goldhorn that is not high on my priorities right. right now well, we i want i want to be there of course we are going to bother state rep nick Schroer right now So let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we will talk to our old friend, uh, Newsmaker Nick, and talk to him about what is upcoming in the Missouri State Legislative Session. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect co worker of yours how powerful is cox internet powerful enough to let your band members in vegas phoenix and rhode island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ukulele speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 oh yeah that's that Smooth sounds of the Harry Woods. You're in the quiet storm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekend Report 97.1 FM Talk. Oh, yeah, I ruined it. You're the one going ding, ding, ding. Of course, I do that all the time, too. That's Chris. I'm Tony. Carl's here, too. Thank Hello. you so much for joining us on this holiday weekend. Hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year coming up. It's the first day of Christmas. You're supposed to give your love a partridge in a pear tree today. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't do that. <laughs> 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 he went 
He went to Jared's. Coming up in a few minutes, we are going to replay Chris and I's interview with Congressman-elect Burgess Owens. Chris and I had a chance to talk to Burgess uh, on Monday of this week while we were hosting the Dave Glover Show. And uh, just for uh, people that are going to be out and about this next coming week here, I will be hosting Dave's show again. We'll be live for you uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on New Year's Eve. And uh, we're going to play a Best of Dave Glover show Chris, on Friday. So Chris needs to plug what he's doing I was all just day. about to do that. Uh, and not and I, I was just about to do that. Not only will one half of the Weekend Report be hosting uh, a show on 97.1 this week, the other half will be too, Chris. Yes, I am honored and privileged to guest host the Mark Cox Morning Show. Yeah. My first time ever. So I'm wow. nervous. But I'm excited, but I feel good because Carl's going to be there with me, carrying me. On Monday. (laughs) On (laughs) Monday. Good luck the rest of the week. No, Frank Frank is there. Frank is there the rest of the week. Oh, no, you got Frank? (laughs) Uh, He's a taskmaster. He's going to make sure you're on time. Yeah. I'll let you float a little. (laughs) Yeah, you won't step out of line with Frank, that's for sure. Um, So, Chris, in all seriousness, though, what we've been doing this show for four years we can report. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and it is. It, it, I know, and and I don't know in those four years if we've ever had a time where an entire week of the radio station will have gone by with you hosting morning drive and me hosting afternoon drive. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, or shows they're really desperate. <laughs> yeah, they're. I mean, <laughs> they're obviously. Yeah, <laughs> both. This are is true. The, this is definition of bottom of the barrel for Steve. <laughs> Exactly. But uh, uh, but it's cool for us, right? So that's yeah, gonna be fun. Good exposure and that's right. uh, get to talk to the morning audience. Never mm-hmm. spoken to them before, except on my Tuesday. Uh, yeah, that's it. the thing. We were looking over guests, and I say, well, Tuesday, you're a guest on the show, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Chris is gonna be a guest on my show too. He just doesn't know it yet. And let's you're get, gonna be a guest on his show for Two A Tuesday. Speaking of guests, uh, let's get our yeah. guest on the line there right now. <laughs> Talking to newsmaker Nick Schroer. Representative Schroer joins us on the phone. How's it going, dude? Hey, it is going great. I would uh, rather be no place else uh-huh. right here with you gentlemen. Well, I certainly appreciate it. You want to be a it. guest on any shows next week? <laughs> oh, he will be. I can guarantee you he will be a guest on one of uh, the Dave Glover shows. I, there's no doubt about it. Uh, hey, hey, Tony, yeah. you forgot one thing with newsmaker Nick's introduction. What's that? That he was voted 2020 best political beard in Missouri. Uh, he was. So that's you, exactly you right. You have to put that in. There. And he's yeah. captain of the Blues now. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, uh, he's he's the reigning, defending two-time uh, best beard in Missouri politics award winner. Oh, two-time. So, yeah, I yeah, forgot yeah, about. Didn't know that. Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, speaking of all this guest hosting, Nick actually joined me the other day on the Dave Glover Show, which uh, was greatly appreciated. We got a chance to talk a little bit about the upcoming Missouri legislative session. Uh, When we talked the other day, Nick, on uh, the DGS, we focused – Bo Bo Matthews, my partner from Second Amendment Radio, was in with us, and we kind of focused on some 2A issues. Um, uh, We can talk about those again uh, if they're the if they're the the headlines, sort of what you're looking for. But what are uh, as we're just a couple weeks away from this new session? What are some of the big things that you are working on, and you think are going to be some of the the headlines out of the early part of the session? Well, you know, right after we uh, we got done with that interview uh, on the Dave Glover show, I, I totally had a brain fart and I forgot to uh, to talk about one of the biggest. Uh, Second Amendment issues coming coming down that we we almost passed this uh, this past year until COVID 
nipped the session in the bud, and then we only came back for three weeks. And that's the uh, the Second Amendment issue dealing with medical marijuana. And that's the one that we almost got done, um, which would allow the uh, – the, the bureaucrats, so to speak, to have a blockade on the information, the private um, protected information on who has applied to get a, a cardholder or to become a cardholder for medical marijuana, who's using medical marijuana. And, and that is in order to protect somebody who's been legally, you know, not necessarily prescribed, but is legally using medical marijuana, which may allow the, the federal government, a, a Beto O'Rourke, to come after your guns, your magazines, your ammunition. Um, and I'm very hopeful because we're getting a lot of support from both sides. Previously, it was just the Republicans that saw the importance of this, the libertarians, the Republicans. And now we're finally getting the Democrats on board that are seeing that yeah, maybe, maybe the federal government could obtain this information like they did with our concealed carry weapon card holder information uh, years back under Governor Nixon. Um, but between that and what, what I kind of alluded to previously is um, some some massive news, and myself and Senator Eigel have looked at the Supreme Court decision um, here in the state of Missouri. They they have indicated that we did not properly defund Planned Parenthood in the past. We've looked at that uh, Supreme Court decision, and we are, myself and Senator Bill Eigel, will be moving forward on uh, defunding any entity uh, with public funds that is is partaking in uh, abortions here in the state of Missouri. Go ahead, Chris. Nick, when the legislative session starts in a couple of weeks, there's there's going to be a a uh, dark cloud, a bipartisan dark cloud hovering over the uh, the Capitol. Uh, there's a ethics complaint against a Democratic representative who's accused of uh, having relations with one of his interns and lying about it. And then on the Republican side, there's a incoming legislator whose children have been have accused adult children have accused him of uh, molesting them. Uh, the Republican caucus is not says they will not seat seat him. What do you foresee for these two cases? Well, you know, it's very interesting in the uh, the latter case that you mentioned, the, um, the representative-elect Raber. Uh, he's the one that took over for his wife after she, you know, unfortunately was, was killed in a um, vehicle accident. So he, I believe, uh, years back, many years back, was in a family law custody issue uh, divorce. Uh, it turned dirty, and when I was mm-hmm. a, a family law attorney, I was very uh, accustomed to seeing these year after year. Um, some of them were merited, and you know, thank God that the the allegations came out because you had a guardian ad litem come in. That's an attorney that represents the best interests of the kids. You had the mm-hmm. courts looking into this. Sometimes a prosecutor or social services. But back then, when that happened, um, all of those sources indicated that there was nothing to the allegations that they could move forward with. So the allegations resurfaced again many years later when these adult children um, saw that he was running for office. I believe that, you know, I I don't know if there's going to be any evidence that shows whether it happened or it didn't happen. Uh, I think, you know, we should do our due diligence as a caucus and and see if this is, you know, more political gamesmanship from the Democrats or if there's something to it. Uh, I know that the the Republicans are going to continue to allow him to be seated. The people knew of these allegations. They knew that they were um, kind of voted down by uh, the guardian items in the courts way back when. Um, but, you know, having another look at it while he's doing the people's work, I think that's definitely merited. Now, on the other hand, um, the, the Democrat, Wiley Price, that ended up having a uh, sexual relationship with an intern, uh, you know, that that's given a lot of people concern as he not only had 
sexual relations with an intern. Um, you know, they, yes, they were both consenting adults. But the fact that he lied about it to the ethics committee, a bipartisan ethics committee um, made up of his colleagues, and he indicated that he not only didn't have this intern's number, nothing happened. He lied to the committee and then threatened a legislative assistant, a, a uh, employee up there at the state capitol when she found out what was going on. So uh, I think w- when we look at that issue, and that's you know very fresh in people's mind, this happened earlier in, uh, in 2020, you've got somebody who's lying to government officials and threatening employees of the state. That's something that definitely needs to be addressed, and unfortunately – uh, this day and age, that's politics. And I think, you know, when people's lives are at stake, uh, being physically threatened uh, at our capital, which should be the people's house, everybody should feel safe there. That's something that we definitely need to look into when it's coming from somebody who's been elected to speak for we the people. You know, we have all this Me Too movement and the female leader of the Democratic House is being silent on this. Right. Well, you know, that's that's very unfortunate because that same Democrat quote unquote leader, and I, I say that word loosely, um, when the allegations, when there was a, a case, and I know we've talked about it on this show, um, brought in St. Charles County to try and remove me from my district, when there were just mere allegations that I moved out of the district, which we've seen since then that that is not the case, that four judges, two courts have indicated I've abided by the black letter of the law. The the quote-unquote leader of the minority party asked me to step down, asked me to uh, to, <laughs> hmm. to, to leave office based upon these allegations. Um, when it came to the, the Raber allegations that I mentioned, she asked that we not seat him, that we um, demand uh, a massive investigation. But when it comes to these issues impacting a member of her own party, She's very silent. She says, oh, no, no, we, we have to continue. We have to bring this to the House floor and have a, a much broader discussion on this. And who's going to be impacted by that? You know, not the party of the we believe women. They always believe women. The victims here, whether it's the intern and the, the employee who was threatened, now their livelihoods are going to be brought the in. Truth you know, is, on a- the truth is it's, now, it's not about the party of – that they're the party of women or the, the party of inclusiveness. They're the party of if you're on our side, you're okay. If you're against us, you're not. And unfortunately, there's a bit of that on, on, on both sides, and I think that Absolutely. is some of the most frustrating – uh, hypocrisy. I mean, hypocrisy in politics have, have been hand in hand for uh, <laughs> yep. years, but that is, I think, the the type of hypocrisy that just drives people crazy. That Nick, that is a perfect example of of uh, Democratic leadership asking you during a court case uh, that you were confident that you did everything you were supposed to do and and were proven right in the courts that you were it, it, when which was not was accusations nowhere near these other accusations that we're talking about uh you know a residency situation over you, you know sexual misconduct or something Correct. like that um you know and asking you to step down but not but not taking that same action on their own side that's the kind of stuff that just drives people crazy and we've seen on a national level how you know poll after poll showing how people don't have confidence in Congress anymore. Do you guys feel any of that pressure here in the state of Missouri? Do you feel like you have, after a crazy 2020 and everything that's going on, do you feel like you guys have more to prove to the people of Missouri that you're truly acting in their best interest? Is it is there a little more pressure this year than a normal year? I definitely think so. Um, for one, we always get confused with the members of Congress. You know, when I go door to door, I'm always, you know, told about the things that people have an issue with in D.C., and while I agree with them, 
that's not where I work. And I, I try to get people more uh, oriented in what's going on in state politics, local politics. But yeah, after a year like we've seen, uh, whether it's the you know the, the stimulus payments, um, making sure that those aren't um, uh, impacting people's taxes, getting people back to work, removing regulations. We've got a lot of work to do here in the state of Missouri. And now if, it, if it's going to be under a Biden administration, under a Beto O'Rourke administration, we are the last line of defense in protecting and preserving many of these constitutional rights. So I think it's, it's time that we have a lot of people you know, sitting on the bench at home thinking, well, there's nothing I can really do, whether it's in D.C. or in Jefferson City. The lobbyists and everybody have their minds made up. Well, here in the state of Missouri, that is not the case. I can tell you right now, um, and even with an ATF rule that was um, that was brought up earlier this week, myself and several other colleagues, after speaking to many of our constituents, we wrote a letter to the ATF when they were trying to regulate um, AR-style uh, components to pistols. And uh, fortunately, after we, we you know sent this letter, the same day, I believe it was on uh, Wednesday or Thursday of the, this past week, the ATF says, okay, we're withdrawing this letter. So now more than ever, your voice is needed. Get involved in politics. Mm. Get involved in speaking and working with your elected representative or senator because that's the only way we're going to be able to make this state better. Representative Nick Schroer, I have a feeling that you're going to be getting multiple phone calls this week <laughs> <laughs> from myself and from Chris Arps to yes. uh, be back with us. There's lots more to talk about. I want to get into some of the issues uh, the next time we talk. Unfortunately, we are out of time right now. Uh, before we let you go, tell people how they can uh, go for a social media roller coaster ride with you um, and follow everything that you guys are working on. I'll tell you what, if you just go to my website, nickforrep.com, you can go on the G-rated version that'll link you up to the Facebook, or you can go on a, a crazy dark web uh, Twitter <laughs> troll brigade universe and seeing my, my Twitter uh, conversations with some friendly uh, Democrats on uh, at Nick B. Schroer on Twitter. Either way, go. go to my website, nick uh, nickforrep.com. It'll link you up to everything. Great stuff, Representative Schroer. We always appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, God bless y'all. Back at you. Merry Christmas, too. Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. All right, we have uh, got to take a quick break. When we get back, we have one segment left in this hour, and that is going to be Chris and I's discussion with Congressman-elect Burgess Owens that we were able to have uh, a little bit earlier this week on the Dave Glover Show. And then coming up in hour number two, we have Rodney Boyd, we have America's Favorite Liberal, and we have plenty more to talk about. So... Don't go anywhere. Also, don't forget about our podcast that you can get uh, anywhere you get podcasts. But the Radio.com app, I think, is the best place to get our podcast. It's free. Go check it out. We'll be right back with Burgess Owens, Congressman-elect. It sounds so good. You're listening to The Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back to the Weekend Report, 97.1 FM Talk. So as I mentioned, we are going to bring to you here the conversation that Chris and I had with Congressman-elect Burgess Owens on the Dave Glover Show a little bit earlier this week on Monday. And then coming up next hour, we're going to talk to Rodney Boyd and America's favorite liberal, Keith Antone. But right now, here is Burgess Owens with Chris and I on the Dave Glover Show earlier this week. Congressman-elect. It sounds so good to say, doesn't it, Chris? <laughs> it's going to sound even better to just say Congressman you Burgess Owens. You got that right. Congressman-elect Burgess Owens joins us on the phone. Burgess, always great to talk with you, my friend. How are you? Tony, Chris, and Skip. Good to talk to Skip again. My goodness, it's been a while there. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. Hey, guys, it's a real pleasure. and just very excited. Very excited what's happening. I just came off the road with uh, the, the bus tour through, through uh, Georgia. And I'll tell you what, they're going to hold the line for us. We hold that line, and we're going to do a good shape mm. going into 20, 2021. Look forward to it for sure. That's uh, that's 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 very interesting. I, I didn't know. Did you say you were just coming back from Georgia, or you're just heading to Georgia? Yeah. No, actually, we had a bus tour, um, and I was with uh, with uh, Ted Cruz and, and about oh, four or five of the freshman team that, I, that just came in together. We just went from a couple, about three or four different uh, cities, and did some uh, – uh, mini rallies and just had a great time, great turnouts, and it's been it was really it's been really good, it really has been. Congressman elect, now that the, all the all the pleasantries and congratulations are out of the way, I want to get straight to politics. I apologize uh, for, to you about that, <laughs> but uh, it looks like we finally have a deal in Congress with this COVID package. It looks like six hundred dollars is going to be going out to each individual taxpayer. Um, you're not in Congress yet, but uh, when you're there next January, do you foresee uh, a similar stimulus package with more checks going out? And what is your views on the current stimulus package? Well, I, I, first of all, the, the, the small business owners deserve this. They need it. Um, uh, they, this, they've been going through so much over the last few months uh, unnecessarily. Uh, from what I understand, this package we have now, a little bit less than uh, uh, 900 uh, 
in $900 billion anyway. That, that is actually uh, was on the table for quite a few months. Uh, and I, I think what, what I think the, the American people need to understand is that uh, we are getting they're getting the support they need. The small businesses get the support they need. At the same time, we still have states that are purposely shutting down businesses that, that are unnecessarily shutting down businesses. And, and there's a reason for that. We just have to understand who is for uh, uh, opening up, getting back to the American dream, allowing b- business owners to 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 have the results of what they've been working hard for, or those who are actually trying to, to use this as a way to, to slow down that, that, that middle class that comes out of business ownership. So I think as Americans see that, we're going to have some very good conversations as we get into 2021 for sure. Burgess, the last time we talked to you was, I think, just a couple of days after they had finally announced you the winner of your election. So it was very early on and you hadn't um, uh, had a chance to talk to Republican leadership about uh, committee assignments and things like that. Have you have you learned any of that yet? Do we do you know what uh, yes. committees you're going to be serving on? And can you share? I, I, that I do. I do. The, the ones that we have, we still have to, to tie it all down, but the ones that I've, I'm, I'm working very hard to get and I, and I buy, have buy-in is education and labor, number one, and small business. Because I, I tell you, what, what I've discovered is education and labor has, has always been a, a, an A committee for the left, for the Democrats. Uh, it has not been an A committee for, uh, for conservatives, and we need to change that around because that committee, uh, based on how we look at giving our kids choices, getting them educated, making our schools accountable, will dictate how our, our, the next generation feels about our country, how well they can do critical thinking skills, and all those kind of things. And we've dropped the ball on that. So I'm very, very excited about that, to be honest with you. And small business owners, by the way, that's what drives our middle class. Uh, that's what's being under attack today. Uh, the middle class is where you find the empathy, the service, the faith, all those things that make our country such an attractive place. And it's powered by the small business owners. So now that's what you're seeing across this country. It's not, it's not a mistake, not an accident that all the blue states, all the blue cities, is where they have the most uh, harsh shutdowns of, of businesses in which they, they're having a hard time surviving. We need to support them, and I'm looking forward to, to getting in Congress and doing what I can to be their greatest, greatest advocates, for sure. Talking to Super Bowl champion, best-selling author, and now Congressman-elect Burgess Owens. And as we mentioned, Burgess, Skip Weber is here speaking of business owners. Skip had a question. Go ahead, Skip. Yes, <laughs> Burgess, I I, uh, I want to tell you one thing real quick, and that is that I love your uh, newsletter. And the reason why I get your newsletter is I am a proud donor to the Burgess Owner campaign, oh, Burgess Owens yeah. campaign. Cool. I learned Thank about you, you and uh, and talked with you and said, man, you'd be great in Congress. So, so my question to you is, once you are in Congress, you know, I'm um, very uh, uh, active with NADA and the PAC that we have, and we have union employees. So I'm very, I've been, I've made several trips to Washington D.C. talking to uh, both sides of the aisle with. Uh, uh, things with uh, Teamsters, underfunding of pensions, and things like that. So I go to Washington, D.C. a couple times a year, and I I want you to pick a date where you and I can meet at Joe's Stone Crab <laughs> just next to the White House, and I will buy you dinner, and congratulations. Oh, okay. For okay. So I know that everybody else you know, listening here doesn't care about you and I having dinner together. <laughs> I don't get a chance to get your ear very often, so somehow we've got to we'll, 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 we'll skip. We'll, skip out. We'll, we'll give you the stuff awesome. by chief of staff when we get off, and we'll make sure that happens. And I <laughs> And I'll, I'll say this: I, I, my my priorities, and I can't say this enough, uh, is is education and small business. 
And, of course, we're really working hard to make sure our at-risk kids are taken care of. That that comes down to the trafficking and, and those who are not getting education. So I am all open. I'm open door. I'm just so excited about having a chance to finally serve in those areas. And, Skip, I look forward to, to having a chance to have dinner with you for sure. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Thank you. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, Congressman-elect, I want to give you a, another opportunity again to uh, say that uh, if you're not if you're going to join the Congressional Black Caucus, you said that on the weekend report. Uh, what's your answer to that? Or maybe you may you may have uh, you know changed your mind. I on doubt that. it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, no, you you, are, you got it the first time. I, you know, it, it's interesting, guys. I, I love my country. Uh, and that comes before any any other answers that I have, any other color I happen to have because of ancestry. And when I'm dealing with uh, with a caucus that stands for everything that I'm against, they do not like pro-choice of schools. They love pro-choice for killing our babies. Uh, they don't want to to stand for the small business ownership. Uh, so no, it has to do with ideology, with values, and uh, those those comes in all colors. And just because somebody's black doesn't mean that. Uh, uh, that we all on the same page, and in this case, of the Black Caucus, we're, I'm not on the same page with those guys at all. Are you looking to join the uh, the Freedom Caucus, which is uh, a group of conser- very conservative uh, <clears throat> House members? That's that's a possibility. I actually uh, spent some time with with uh, Ted Cruz on the bus uh, yesterday. We kind of talked about that. I'm looking forward to seeing exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing all the things, the options, the the options I have out there. The Freedom Caucus is one that I. I, I, I so far, the values have seemed very, very consistent with my values. I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more with them to see what that, what that entails. Um, one thing for sure, uh, it, my district and Americans across the country can depend on me voting for the values I grew up in, Deep South Tallahassee. And that's love of God, country, family, women, respect of women, and authority. So anything that falls within that fast process, any ideology that, uh, that, that heads in that direction, I'm all for it. I'm a big advocate for Burgess, tell us about the Freedom Force. I'm not a huge fan of of nicknames of things like that, you know, like the squad on the left and things like that. But talk to me about how that name came to be and the group uh, of of incoming Congress people that are, are in that uh, are in that okay. group and what the Freedom Force stands for. What does that What does that mean? The Freedom Force actually is a, is a, an idea by two two of our new freshman ladies. Uh, uh, out of uh, uh, out of New York and uh, uh, Nicole out of New York and Maria out of out of uh, Miami, uh, they they both come from countries in which socialism was a was a was a big thing. Their families ran away from it. Uh, it was a thought that we're going to make sure we have a caucus that is actually giving the message of freedom, of light, of opportunity, of of the the free market. And how that looks, we're going to find out. I mean, at this point, uh, those are the two ladies that have defined this 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 this, this organization. This team is going to come together. We'll, they'll make a decision whether it's better to have it with strictly those who come from the socialist form of socialist countries or, or expand it out. Either way, our entire freshman team is supporting, is strong advocates, and we will highlight them as much as we can. So we'll we'll know as we come out of the committees in terms of what the what the uh, uh, who will be part of that that uh, that force. But it is a direct contrast to the, the hard-left socialists that are, are running the squad. And you're going to start to see, I think Americans drift toward the light. We're going to love the message that we give, and, uh, and I just look forward to being uh, that, that forming up and seeing exactly who's going to be part of it as we move forward. Got a couple minutes left here with Congressman-elect Burgess Owens. Burgess, I want to go back to the point you were making with Chris about the Congressional Black Caucus. You being a black man that has been the highest of highs, Super Bowl champion to a few years after your career, the lowest of lows, 
being broke and a chimney sweep. And, you know, just your whole story is something that I think many people on the left would adopt as their own. You know, they 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 would there's a lot of people on the left that would say that the Burgess Owens story is a classic example of how the Democratic Party can help uh, uh, minorities throughout their life. And I know that uh, you don't believe that, and I know you passionately don't believe that. So could you explain why you as a black man going into Congress is not going to be a part of the Congressional Black Caucus and why you think well, that the left's message is, is not right for you you and your, uh, your community? Okay. Well, it, it comes down to this. Uh, it comes down to policies that, that uh, highlight the greatness of our nation. You know, we're a country that has tenants that allows any person, any culture that comes here to live the American dream, get to the middle class. And that's education, it's faith, it's a free market, and it's family. Those commitment to those four tenants. We lose him? Oh. Unfortunately, the left doesn't believe that. The the left does not believe that. The left has taken away those things, those tenants, and allows people to to not to be making millions of dollars and not be able to stand in respect for our flag and gratitude for our country. So I have my, my ideology is totally different than those who are represented in the Black Caucus, totally different than those who are represented in the NAACP. Uh, I, I, am, I am what I consider uh, anti-elitism, anti those who uh, will, will take away, demean our country and our and opportunities here, and instead will highlight the fact that anyone, no matter where they go, where they, where they are, where they start, how far they fall, they can come back. And I will say this, I'm about to become a congressman, I played NFL for a while. I was a, I was a corporate executive for a while. The most, the proudest op, op, uh, occupation I had for a few months was a chimney sweep and a security guard. Because what that says is, if I can do it, you can do it. That's the message of America, and that's the message that the left will never ever give people who listen to them and believe in them. Mine is one of hope because that's the American way. Theirs is one of of, uh, of uh, desperation and hopelessness. Congressman-elect, do you have any idea when uh, Senator Mitt Romney's term is up? <laughs> <laughs> let no him, interest. Let, let, him, <laughs> let him sit down. Let him, let him sit in his seat I, in I didn't suggest for one day. Four four years. All I four said years. was, when is he Skip up? Skip says four, four years. Four years, you got, two, you got two, oh. terms, two terms as a congressman, and then you're going to the big house. The big house. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, it's, it's, like, it's like when I talked to my last daughter, right, right after she had her, her baby, I said, okay, honey, it's time for your next one, and she didn't want to hear it. So, <laughs> right. so one you have to give some time. One thing at a time. One thing <laughs> Just inquiring, inquiring mind wants to know. Uh-huh. Burgess, last question for you. You said you were just in Georgia. I saw a stat, I saw a report today that uh, uh, over 25%, already uh, one-fourth of the people that voted in the presidential election in Georgia have already voted in this Senate election. Why are you so confident that the Republicans will be okay? Because I have faith in the American people. It's just honest, guys. I don't care about the polls. I truly have faith. In the Utahns, in American people, uh, what we did, we flipped 14 seats, uh, House seats, and maybe 15. That's the American people speaking for the fact that we love freedom and we don't like socialism. So give it all, you know, all the talk and stuff. At the end of the day, we, as long as it's, it's done fairly, as long as we're not cheated, the American people stand strong. Georgians will be the line, hold the line, so we can move our country more toward freedom than the other direction. I'm, I'm very excited about it and, and just have faith in them in a, in a big, big way. Super Bowl champion, best-selling author, corporate executive, security guard, chimney sweep, and congressman-elect Burgess Owens. It's always great to talk with you, buddy. Uh, If people want to keep up with what you are working on, what's the best place to go online to follow you? 
Go to Burgess.com, BurgessNorth.com, or Burgess for Utah, and you'll find all you have, Ken, about me. And Skip, look forward to seeing you in D.C., my friend. Absolutely. Can't wait. It's a date. Chris and I are going to tag along. Uh, okay. show up in the restaurant. They can, like, oh, fancy seeing you guys. We'd love to have you guys along, but I'm only paying for Burgess. <laughs> well, Burgess, uh, hey, probably guys. won't get a chance to talk to you the next week or so. So Merry Christmas, Merry Happy Christmas. Holidays, and uh, have a Happy New Year, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, my friend. Merry Christmas, guys. Yeah, talk soon. All, All right. the best. Bye-bye. All right. Take Bye. a quick Bye. break. More Weekend Report coming next. 97.1 FM Talk. If you lose me, you lose everything. She said, if you love me, you lose everything. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. It's time for your favorite show. The Weekend Report is on the radio. Thank you, Perry Woods. And indeed, our number two of the Weekend Report is on your radio. Thank you so much for joining us. If you missed anything in that first hour, make sure you check out our podcast, which you can find anywhere that you get podcasts. But I would recommend the Radio.com app. The Radio.com app is free. Once you download it, you favorite 97.1 FM Talk. 
and then you have access to everything. You can stream the station 24-7, you can rewind live radio, and you can download the podcast of this and every other show on the station. You're going to want to download the Weekend Report every week. You're going to want to download the Mark Cox Show all this week and the Dave Glover Show all this week as uh, it's it's full It's of, your boys. It's Weekend Report. Wall-to-wall Weekend Report on 97.1 FM Talk this week with Chris hosting Mark's show, and I'll be hosting Dave's show uh, we just, uh, in that last segment of the first hour, we talked to Burgess Owens, Congressman-elect Burgess Owens. You both could replay that on both the morning and the afternoon. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> right, let's just get him again. We'll just get him back on. He's our, exactly. he's, he's our, he's our connection. We have an official Congress, uh, uh person affiliate or yeah. So, Tony, ahead. can I throw a little news in while we're talking about Burgess? Please do. It's official now. Uh, it's been confirmed with his people, but uh, in three to four months, I'm going to be doing a weekly podcast with Burgess yes. uh, Burgess Owens. That's so great. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. And you know what the title is? No. It's called the No Weenies Winders or whatever the book is <laughs> po- uh, podcast with Burgess Owens. No Weenies Winders or Wimps. Yes, podcast with Burgess Owens. That's great. That's great. That you. is going to be a whole lot of fun. I can't wait to listen yes. to that. So Thank we, you, sir. Yeah, that's going to be I, – I, do I get to be a guest every now and then? No, it's the Burgess Owens show. Oh, I see. No guests. <laughs> I see. All right. Um, you have to take that up with him. I, well, I, will. Show. I will. I will. Uh, so this hour we have coming up uh, Rodney Boyd, the insider's insider in Jefferson City, and, of course, the host of Insider Talk here every Sunday on the show. And, uh, Chris, I don't know if maybe Burgess – could be winning the title of America's new favorite conservative. And so we go from America's favorite conservative now to America's favorite liberal. Our old friend Keith Antone joins us. Keith, Merry Christmas weekend. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. How's it going, buddy? Everything's going well. And uh, happy holidays to you guys as well. Hope you guys get a little little time for hey, some R and R. Yeah. Hey Keith, Keith, we say Merry Christmas on this show, not not Halloween. You can say Christmas is over. <laughs> I'm, okay. Well, well, I'm okay with well, either well, one. I'm gonna say Christmas was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. How about Happy New Year, brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey Chris, did you, did you say that there's a little uh, uh, little breaking news out of the Antone family that we can right. brag about? There is. Uh, despite being married to Keith, uh, his better half, Erica Willis, was appointed to the Missouri Real Estate Commission. So I wanted to uh, give her a shout out and uh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Congratulations, yeah. Keith. Please pass on our congratulations and uh, adoration to your better half. Right, right. She is the better half. She got the short end of this stick. I certainly do. <laughs> and I'm sure Chris Hart can attest to that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he can. Definitely. Like I said, yeah. she got that commission, she got that appointed position, despite being married to you. So that's a real testament right. to her. So well, good thing they didn't do a background check on me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Keith, uh, before we get into any specifics, just looking back at, at, at this wild, uh, tragic in many ways, salacious ride we've been on through 2020, um, looking back at it, what are your what are your takeaways, and what are you looking forward to? Maybe brighter days in 2021. Well, first of all, let me give condolences and prayers to 
any family that has been uh uh you know touched by this 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 pandemic i mean mm-hmm. whether it be whether it be you know you've lost a friend or a family member um a job a business um just it's just that i'm i'm praying for for our country i really am I, and, and 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 even if they're republican i'm praying for republicans as well and and libertarians and and everybody, because you oh, know when it, when it comes us. down to it, yeah, yeah, I, I include, most I, people I forget us. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> no, 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 but 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 seriously, I I look at it and and and, and I really do think our worst days are behind us. I really do. I think the worst days are behind us. I'm encouraged that we have a couple of vaccines out there that 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 seem to be working. Uh, I I personally, being an African American man at 60 years old. I'm going to be first in line to get it, mm-hmm. um, it you know, be, because I'm in that in that I'm getting close to that group. And, you know, I I feel like, you know, the science, I believe the science. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm just looking for better days, um, yeah. you know. But what scares the hell out of me is 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 Donnie T is 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 making moves that just get it. We got 28, 29 more days with Donnie T uh, in the White House, and I, I'm I'm really scared as hell right I've now. I've heard I a lot really of am. I've heard a lot of nicknames for Trump. I've never heard Donnie T, but I like it. I Donnie like it a lot. Yeah. So Keith, yeah, yeah, I'm glad T. you said that about uh, brighter days are ahead. I couldn't agree more. We've been through hell and back in 2020, um, and as you mentioned, with the pandemic, with just you know social issues, with businesses going, uh, you know, restaurants and other businesses being closed, and so many lives affected by the coronavirus. Um, but with these vaccines out there, I, I, you know, we're not out of the woods yet by any stretch. But no, no, but I not. but I agree with you that brighter days are ahead. And speaking of Donnie T and uh, Joe Biden, President Elect Biden, both of them said something this week that made my ears perk. Uh, Trump's what what made me sort of stop and go. Did he just say that? Was when he was talking about the when he was talking about 2021 in a press conference this week. I don't even remember what the question was, but he said, "Well, yeah, you know, the next administration's going to have to deal with that." And that could be our administration. And I thought, really? Are we still doing that? I, it was at the Medal of Freedom for the wrestling guy. Yeah, I, I just was like, I, I, I thought that even I thought that even the White House had moved on from that position <laughs> uh, at this point, but apparently not. And then um, uh, Joe Biden this week said, uh, talking about the pandemic, he was asked about the vaccines, and he said that the darkest days of COVID are still ahead of us. That we haven't even turned the corner or, or, or started, you know, g- going downhill on this thing yet. And I just find that impossible to believe after being almost a year into this thing and with the vaccines finally out there and being distributed, saying that we're not out of the, you know, warning people that, hey, you know, don't, just because the vaccines are being distributed doesn't mean you can start running around with your masks on and hugging strangers, but our masks off and hugging strangers. But to say that the darkest days are still ahead of us? Why? Why would you think that the uh, president-elect would say something like that? Well, I'll take them in that order. I'll I'll, I'll deal with President-elect uh, Joe Biden, and I think what he's talking about, he knows that hey, we've got this holiday coming up, and 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 uh, you know that 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 the holidays with Christmas. We just had Christmas. Yeah, we got he said New it, Year's and he Eve. said it before Christmas, so it was like the day right, or two right. before Christmas. So, so, right, right, and so we know that people aren't adhering to these social distancing. We know that family, okay, so some families said, 
hey, forget it. We're not going to get together Thanksgiving, but doggone it, you ain't going to take our Christmas. And so some people are going to have a false sense of hope, guys, that I think that, you know, they're going to, you know, t- take that chance and, and get with friends and family because, you know, people are going crazy out here, going stir crazy. So I think that him saying that, I think that was a way of kind of putting people on guard to say, wait a minute, you know, maybe maybe we shouldn't be dancing in the streets because there's there's two vaccines out because people are developing a false sense of hope. I just I've been around traveling around in, 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 in the city all day, you know, today. And I'm seeing people that still aren't masked, aren't masked up. I'm seeing people that uh, 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 that, that, that that are social distancing. So, you know, it's just that, you know, this thing has touched me. I think I shared with you guys I lost. You know, my mother-in-law and my and my aunt and, and, and mm-hmm. a very good friend, and I've mm-hmm. had friends that, that had it. And I don't know if I share, but my son, who's up in Mizzou, had to be quarantined because he got COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Now, good thing he's 280 pounds, 275 and 62, <laughs> yeah. but, 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 you know, he had to be quarantined sure. you know, because, you know, it just happens. And so I say all that to say, guys. That, that I think that's what he was trying to do is put people on 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 a warning. So, what 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 Donnie T saying what what he said, you know, I, I think the reality is that he's got to hold on until January sixth. He's got he's 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 holding on to, to to bully some more congressmen and of course put pressure on, you know, Vice Puppet Pence to try to to try that one last ditch effort. But all along he's 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 you know rolling in the Brinks trucks. He's collecting money. So this guy, you know, he's a lot of things, but he's no damn fool. Let me just tell you that. He's he's a lot of things I could put put put, put on him. But he's no fool. He knows he's got that cash register running until January the sixth. So he's gonna keep putting out that that that, that slim a glimmer of hope. So he's going to continue to say that. You know, I don't think that what now that you know he went down to the Florida to Mar-a-Lago. I don't think he's going to come back. I think he's going to do all his his evil devilish BS from from Florida. You know, where it's you know seventy five degrees. I don't think he's going back to the White House. I don't think he is because he's his ego is too big for him to be on January twentieth. You know, uh, 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 having the boys in with the sunglasses on hauling his ass out of there. So I, I don't think. He, <laughs> You know, I don't think he's going to go back because he because he won't give up and he's got to look like a martyr and he knows that they're going to bring him. They're going to they're going to, you know, bring him out by force. Chris, is your microphone off? I'm surprised you haven't. Ju- I'm surprised you haven't jumped in here at any point yet. <laughs> I let him talk. I let him talk. Ah, I do want to say this. I want to concur with uh, Keith's sentiments on COVID. You know, I lost a cousin to COVID that's younger than me, a couple of years younger than me, about six weeks ago. And tragically, a childhood friend of mine I grew up with that lived right behind me, she was 52. She died of COVID this week. So this is a serious disease. People still need to be taking it serious, even though we have a a vaccine. It's still a a deadly disease. uh, Amen. And we've all been touched in very tragic ways by the coronavirus. But to say that the darkest days are still ahead after what we've been through is not something that I can just shrug off and say. Tony, Tony, to speak that, Keith, if you don't mind, this is what I, and God, I can't believe I'm defending Joe Biden. But what I think Joe Biden meant was if you saw after Thanksgiving, we had a real spike in cases because people went home to the holidays. I think he's saying because of Christmas, 
and we had you know millions of people traveling so and not say that, uh, Chris. listening so say to the that. government that 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 I think that we're looking we're probably going to have in the next two or three weeks after Christmas a spike. Those are those are dark days. So say that. So say look, we didn't do it right on Thanksgiving. We need to get it right on Christmas. So we can do it Don't again. Don't tell next the year. country that the darkest days are still ahead. When well, uh, well, coronavirus. Yeah. You're, I, you're, I just you're, don't you're like right, Tony. I, I think the messaging. I think the messaging could have been much, much better. I agree one thousand percent. And and I and I gotta mark this day down that Chris actually defended Joe Biden. This mm-hmm. is just, make sure I. Get I defended case. Joe Biden. I defend you. And then you. And then, and then Keith. turned on. And then Keith turned on you. I love it. Can you believe that? I can't. Wow. It's my favorite thing I've wow. ever. It's the best thing Happy that's ever New happened. Year. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're arguing about semantics here, and it's not that big of a deal. Stay home. I just right, feel like right. I just feel like if Donald Trump would have said something like that, it would have been there would have been a few people sort of uh, raising their eye and saying, "Why would you say something like that?" And and Biden gets away well, with it, and we kind of make excuses for him. But at the end well, of the day, Donald, it's not well, the end of the world either way. Let's let let's face it, guys. Donnie T has had his string of. Of oh my God, did he say that as well? Oh, you know, of course, it, it of course. Was, it was you know it was a hoax. Uh, the Democrats, he said, it's all going to go away on November the fourth. It's all this whole is going to go away, and all. <laughs> so he's he's had his thing too. So you're right. Let's let let's move on. I'm with you. Let's move on. This semantics, and so um, you know, I I think that he sh- he should have. I agree. He should have said it like that, but he didn't. And people like me and Chris and and, and uh, uh, millions of others, we understood what he was what he was talking about. Yeah. I hope we don't all have to interpret everything <laughs> he says for the re- next four years uh, <laughs> and make excuses. Or the, ne- or the I think probably the next year is probably a better. Time <laughs> I'm, oh, sure you, I'm sure you've got uh, Chris. I'm sure you got questions for Keith. Go ahead. Yeah, Keith, you know, the narrative that the media is trying to uh, foist on us is that the Republicans are divided and that uh, Donald Trump's dividing the party and where are they going to be next year. But if you look at the Democrats right now, uh, I don't see a lot of uh, cohesiveness there. You've got a black uh, uh, nominee for secretary of defense and you have Democrats that are saying that they're not going to vote for him. You have Democrats that are mad at the governor of California because a lot of African-Americans felt that Kamala Harris seat should have been uh, that appointment should have been to another African-American instead of Hispanic. I mean, I can go on and on and on of the divisions there. One thing I always liked about you, Keith, even though we're on the opposite sides of the political spectrum, you do uh, you do answer honestly. Am I right in this? There's not as much oh, yeah, cohesiveness uh, among the Democrats right, as they try to portray. I, I I think you're right, but I, I think it's just you know politics as usual, and I and I and I and I'm so glad that we don't all uh, have to uh, uh, that we all can agree to disagree. I think you're right on that, Chris, and, and you're going to have that. But let me say this about the Republican Party. Uh-oh. I don't think that the Republican Party is, 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 is as divided as what people are saying. I think what's happened here is that if you look at, and you know, Chris, you look across the country, you know, you, the Republicans actually gained some seats in, in Congress and, and, and retained seats in the Senate. And, 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 and if you look at those down, those down ballots, Republicans did pretty doggone good. The Republican Party is strong and going to be stronger once Donnie T is out of there. And, and, and he, because they're not agreeing with this crap that he's doing right now. 
you know, this part, this, you know, you know, this pay pay for pardon uh, game that he's playing. <laughs> you know, but that, where's that, that allegation? Now there were pardons, Keith, but hey. I didn't hear anything about anybody paid for a pardon. Listen, I mean, well, hey, proof in listen, that now. listen, we're all, we're we're out of time, unfortunately. But my guess is between Chris hosting Mark's show and me hosting Dave's show this week, that we'll be able to pick up this conversation with Keith very very soon if he is available and willing to join us once again. Uh, Anytime, so, guys. Keith, Thank yeah. Uh-oh. Thanks don't, say, your... don't tell these two that this week. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Thanks for your time, buddy. Happy holidays. Please pass on uh, our congratulations and our well wishes to your your wife and your whole family there, and we'll talk to you soon, my friend. All right, Thanks, guys. Keith. You guys stay safe. God bless. Back at you. you. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll talk to Rodney Boyd, Insider Talk host and the most connected man in Missouri politics. Is that a fair assessment? I thought that was my title. The second most connected man in Missouri <laughs> politics. Rodney Boy joins us, joins us next on The Weekend Report. Don't go anywhere. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Welcome back to the Weekend Report. 97.1 FM Talk. Tony Colombo here in studio with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. And my partner Chris Arps is Hello. celebrating the holidays in the great Northeast and joins us. On the line. The conservative part of New York. That is correct. Yes, it is. Orange County, New York. That is correct. Is it, How is New, is New York, obviously, besides the city, which is, uh, you know, which dominates everything, like Chicago 11 does million for the, people. Right. Uh, is the rest of the state red, Chris, or is it, how, what is it like? New there? York is similar to most of the states in the union. The urban centers are Democrat, but the more rural areas tend to be more conservative. It's the same here. So, you know, Dem- New York is an overwhelmingly Democratic state. It does yeah. have uh, 
the rural areas because well, there's a lot Republican. of big cities. <laughs> so it's a whole lot like uh, it's a whole lot like Illinois. Yeah, there's yes, a, there's a big chunk of Illinois that is very conservative, but um, it's dominated by the city of Chicago and Cook County, and the big numbers of, uh, of of Democrats up there. Yep, gotcha. very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little uh, little civics lesson there for everybody <laughs> on the <laughs> weekend you, report. Tom. Yeah, thank you. Schooling us on Boxing Day. Huh? huh. And uh, let's get another smart person into the conversation. Rodney Boyd, in, host of Insider Talk, here heard every Sunday at noon. I said another smart person, then I forgot how to talk. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are going to have to do this man, for me. <laughs> Tis the season to be jolly and full of folly. Good to be with you guys. Uh, yes, Rodney. Uh, How's it going, buddy? <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, going, it's going fairly well, man. I mean, it's a blessed time. Reflecting on everything that's happened, uh, we feel very, very blessed in my household. So mm-hmm. we'll take it. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. We talked to Representative Schroer earlier on in the show. Uh, talked to him about some of the things that he is working on and expects to see in the legislative session uh, upcoming here in the state of Missouri. What are you What are you looking forward to as we get ready to start this new session? Well, what's interesting is there was a pretty bold statement put out by the uh, leadership and members of leadership in both chambers about uh, education reform. Now, mm-hmm. new topic. I mean, for the last probably you know ten years, there's been conversations. It's a hot button for Chris Arson, Rodney. Chris is this is we talked about this and, earlier. That Chris is really yeah. uh, passionate about this issue. And I've got a question well, for, yeah. for Rodney when we get to me. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, I think I, I think we're going to see. A, I think for the first time, and I, and I've said this before a few years ago. There were other leaders that were very aggressive, but. This seems to be the year where I'm expecting, with this, with the kind of uh, harmony between House and Senate leadership, same pagedness about education reform, and when we look at the fact that I think COVID around the state has exposed some real challenges in some of our traditional school districts. Probably, I think education reform will go to the top of the list. And, and, and look, I think two other areas that we're going to have to talk about. One are going to be. Uh, around, I, I want to say tax policy, because we're going to have a conversation about sports betting uh, and about the Wayfair tax and about what we will do if you bring those things into the state structure in terms of tax policy, because there's a group of folks that just want to really reduce and eliminate taxes, and they're going to want to see some offsets. But sports betting, I think, is going to be right up there with the top uh, of conversations. And then there's always now an annual conversation about transportation infrastructure. So between education, uh, which I think will be a big one, tax policy with the various components to it, where we'll talk about this, this online uh, sales tax, Wayfair is the, is the code word, sports betting, other gaming-related issues, and transportation uh, are going to be, I think, three areas that consume a lot of energy. And what will probably prove to be, guys, not so traditional of a session. Here's what I mean. This is a an inaugural year where we have a new governor, you know, dozens of new members of the House, several new senators. But because of the impacts of COVID, we're not going to have the traditional inaugural festivities. Those have been suspended. Everybody's kind of on a wait-and-see approach to see where we are as a state with the flow of session. Will we be back in the building in the normal way where we have, for example, 97-1 is their first day of session to kick off the session? Will we have that kind of session where we're – sort of doing something similar to what we've done for the past, you know, 50, 60 years. So there's a wait-and-see approach to how we flow, but not the topics. The topics are shaping up around uh, the things we just talked about. Go ahead, Chris. 
Rodney, admittedly, I don't follow the happenings in Jeff City as closely as I should. But for the longest, when it came to school choice reform, uh, the rural uh, areas were the ones were the biggest ones that were stopping it from going outside of St. Louis City and St. Louis uh, and Kansas City. Um, this year, next year, we're, uh, the Normandy School District in St. Louis County is going to have a charter school. What happened? What happened with the dynamics to well, allow this I, to happen? Chris, let me be clear. The dynamic is still the same. You have a mm-hmm. coalition, a united front, if you will, of superintendents who tend to not like these sort of alternative ideas because they feel, first and foremost, that it pulls dollars out of the traditional public school, which in a number of the counties and school districts across the state are working sufficiently and fine. Uh, I think that what, what the challenge has always been is superintendents and, and districts kind of work together on policy in the building, and they look out for each other. It's no different than law enforcement groups or firefighter mm-hmm. groups. So you, you have these outstate contingencies that stand with their superintendent brothers in the, in the inner ring suburbs. Now, What's happened in places like Normandy and in other Riverview Gardens is the districts are failing, failing uh, academically and financially, struggling. And so the ideas of charter schools are gaining traction because, look, here's the charter model. Whether you like it or not, it's a choice model. Parents have to literally say, I want to put my kid in this school. I understand that the traditional districts feel like that's a loss, but parents are looking for choices. And if you don't give them a charter school, Look at what's happened in the city. We're down to about 19,000 kids in the mm-hmm. traditional school district in St. Louis City, and you've got 10,000 in charters. Well, if you didn't have charters, I could make the case that you wouldn't have 10,000 more kids in the public school system. You'd have 10,000 less kids in the mm-hmm. city. Because exactly. would make the choice to move. So I think the tension between the traditional uh, uh, school district leaders and the charter is going to give way a little bit, but I still think it will be a stonewall before you get to some of the more radical ideas like tax credit scholarships, which people feel slip into the space of, like, uh, vouchers. There will be some big fights fights that will play out, but I think Mm -hmm. they're going to sort of lean in in aggressively, and they've got the the kind of numbers in in the building to have a really formidable fight this year. Rodney, there's yeah. there's lots there's obviously that issue and many others that the state lawmakers are going to need to address in this new session. Uh, I wanted to ask you if one of them will be uh, targeted at Sam Page. We've heard a lot of we've heard a lot of threats from uh, conservative lawmakers that are unhappy with the way uh, the county executive has hand, has flexed his power in closing businesses and restaurants and things like that. And we've heard about possible bills that would uh, attempt to limit his ability to do those things. Uh, but is that really a, is that really a priority when when these lawmakers are actually in session and starting to take some actions? Um do you feel like that is? Do you, do you feel like uh, Sam Page and and the county executive role is going to be addressed, or is that uh, is that more uh, is that more hot air, or or you know more just for the media than it is? Go ahead, Tony. It's a fair question. It's a fair question, and Senator Koenig's already fired the first shot across the bow, uh, attempting to assert some restrictions need to be put on uh, county executive Page and anyone else that would want to rein in through emergency powers liberties that belong to more formal due process processes, right? Here's the challenge with that. What we saw a few years ago when Senator Schmidt, now A.G. Schmidt, filed something called SB5, the state Supreme Court was pretty clear. You really cannot pick 
a specific county executive or even a county of that matter and then create what they call special legislation. So just like we talked about a few moments ago with the superintendents banding together, you almost have to have a sort of a, a preemptive rule that covers all the counties. We've got 114 of them, including city of St. Louis. So when you get into the space of having policies that restrict not just Sam Page, but all the county executives or commissioners around the state, that's where the fight takes on a different dimension. I think it's it's legally dicey to try to have a provision that would just be limited to Sam Page. In fact, I don't think that the mm-hmm. court would allow it to stand. doesn't mean you couldn't pass it and send that message. But legally, I think when you look at the way the Supreme Court sort of dismantled some of the provisions in the old SB5 law, which was targeting municipalities in St. Louis County and how they handle traffic courts, I think that the, the legal structure is, hey, if you're going to go after preemptive, you've got to preempt all the counties. You've got to preempt all the local governments in the same way. That gets a little bit more dicey in Jeff City because, like superintendents, county commissioners have a voice and an organization that will show up and say, look, we know you want to go after this particular uh, county executive, but you're going to impact us all, so we stand together to say no. That's kind of what we end up seeing when you get into this whole thing about going after yeah. one uh, local official. And that makes sense to me because, look, I live in the county, and I am no fan of Sam Page and the things that he has done. I have been very outspoken against uh, uh, schools being closed and the restaurants being closed, and I don't support what he's doing at all. But I do know that there was – we all knew how the executive – how he operates and – you he had, still won. You had a chance to remove him, and he won an election. So you know, it's it's the you, he we could have gotten him out of there if, if he was so unliked, and he, and he won the election. So uh, as much and as I will continue, <laughs> as much as I will continue to speak out against what he's doing, um, I don't know that I that the right move for me. This is just my personal opinion. Again, is to try to come in after an election and limit his powers. You, you kind of get yeah, what look, you guys, think, pay for. I think if, if there's an appetite, there's an appetite in Jeff City to rein in all sort of local officials around how they, what powers they exercise during the pandemic, I think that that mechanism would have to be the governor's office declaring through executive powers that he you know, is going to control the narrative on what local, local localities can do. Yeah. I think that's probably a more uh, strategically viable play than to pass a bill that specifically deals with one county, because I think the courts are just waiting to tell you why you can't really, why you can't do that. Yeah, so just, that, that's, that's what the, the precedent has been from the courts. Yeah, just a couple of minutes left here with Rodney Boyd. Chris, go ahead. Rod, we had uh, newsmaker Nick Schroer on the program earlier, and I asked him about the situation with uh, Representative-elect Raber and with uh, Representative Wiley Price. How do you see that playing out, those two situations? You know, it, 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 so so the, the rules are clear that the House of Representatives has the power within its own body to seat or not seat a member. There doesn't seem now, – now, this is – you talked about one person that's a Republican, allegations from within his, within his own home, another person that has an impropriety centered around interactions with the staff or interns. So here's the mm-hmm. deal. I haven't seen yet a clear clarion declaration by either side of the aisle that we're not going to seat the member. We're going to expel the member from the chamber, which they have the power to do. So there seems to be this desire to censure the member and hope that within the next few weeks, the censuring and the ethical admonitions cause the member to sort of not want to seat themselves and, and to withdraw. Both members have indicated they fully plan on showing up in January, first you know Wednesday in January, and assuming their role. So short of the members 
resigning, which there's uh, some calls for, but not forceful, or short of the, the House leadership saying we're not going to seat these members, we're going to expel them, you're going to have two people with clouds over their heads serving in the Missouri House of Representatives for, for the next session. Uh, and and the only sort of interesting uh, perspective is there's one member from each party, so neither party will have the moral high ground to point across the aisle and say, hey, you've got a person on your caucus that, because they both will be so the position of neutrality. I, I think both these members feel, from what I've read them say in the press, haven't talked to either of them, that they feel like they they what they did does not merit expulsion or resignation. And unless pressure comes either more from within their caucuses, I mean, if you think about at the federal level, the reason that Al Franken resigned was because his own party said, you got to go, dude. We don't want you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what you did when you were a comedian and t- jokes went too far is not something we want to adhere to. So Al Franken chose to resign because of direct pressure from within his party. So you could have that. Uh, I don't see that yet coming, but let's see what happens in the weeks to come. I mean, it's also uh, – Go ahead, One Chris, quick, real quick. Even though you know the Democrats are in the super minority, will this how ha- cloud hanging over uh, Representative Price affect their agenda in any way? It, it won't. It, it would if yeah. it was only a, if it was there was no issue across the aisle that people will be pointing to. That's my point mm-hmm. about that sort of there's a mutual crit- criticism uh, for both sides of the aisle. But but so you know and and look when you're in the super minority in the House. Your agenda really is just to speak <laughs> out against the majority right, party. Really right, right. That's about all you can Yeah, that's about all you can do. Uh, that is Rodney Boyd, of course, the host of Insider Talk every Sunday at noon. Rodney, who's on the show tomorrow? Tomorrow we're talking about we're, more conversations about the vaccine. We've got some doctors that Ooh. are coming on from different perspectives. We're continuing the conversation about the vaccine because there's still a lot of questions, guys. And I'm talking to three very different doctors from three very different perspectives about their approach on these vaccines and what people should and should not anticipate. Uh, And one of the guests is a guy, is a physician, has actually received the vaccine. The other two have not. So if you care about the vaccine or have questions, these three independent sources, different sources, will give you three different perspectives and point you to more information that you and your family can think about as you go into next year, whether or not you want to try to take these vaccines. Around. Yeah, that sounds like great, great information. Uh, we'll be listening for sure. Rodney, thanks for your time. Uh, happy holidays. Happy New Year. And we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Absolutely. Thank take you, Rodney. Care, All right. Take Bye. a quick Bye. break. More Weekend Report coming next. 97.1 FM Talk. Yeah, we can't see you this week, so we'll just have to take your word for it that you. Uh, the sound effect. The sound effect took the place of. Oh, I see. Doing the air guitar. Oh. Gotcha, gotcha. I was trying to be creative. <laughs> Welcome back to the Weekend Report, ninety-seven-one FM Talk. Tony Colombo here with Carl Middleman Hello. and my partner Chris Arps. Peace. Who will be hosting the Mark Cox Morning Show all this coming week? And I will be hosting the Dave Glover Show all this coming week. So the Weekend Report is bookending. 
gear every day this week. That's a lot of yeah. fun. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Really, really looking and, forward to it. And I'll be a guest on your, your show, and you'll be a guest on Mark's show. Yeah. So we're just going <laughs> to yeah. we're gonna weekend report it's, people to death next it's week. It's going to be very incestuous. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All the guests that you heard today are going to be on both shows. There's going to be a lot of Keith no. Antone and Nick Schroer and Rodney. Not Rodney. No, Rodney said no. Oh, he did? He already said no, thank Dang you. Dang it. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll find more. We'll find more. You you bet. Well, you're two eight guests. Yeah, there you, you go. You Virginia mm-hmm. on. Have Bo. You've already had Bo on, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bo Matthews, my partner from Second Man Radio. He's going to be on uh, a big part of the, the week for sure. Uh, we have just a few minutes left here in the show, and I don't like to end the show on uh, on serious topics very often, but there was a lot happening this week and, and some things that we didn't get a chance to get to yet uh, that I wanted to, Chris, get your, your thoughts on. So we'll, we'll kind of roll through a, a few of these um, – uh, through these topics uh, kind of quickly here. Uh, I, one that I really wanted to bring up with Keith when we were talking to him, but we just ran out of time, we were talking about the divisions that exist in each party right now, uh, the Republicans and and obviously the Democratic Party. I think they both have some work to do to unify themselves. Personally, I think the Democrats are more split than the Republicans right now, and the Here's a story that illustrates that, in my opinion. Uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar accused Joe Biden this week of a bait and switch on his immigration policy. Uh, Biden had said that changes to the U.S. immigration system will take uh, or he says now that changes to the U.S. immigration system will take time and migrants shouldn't expect the border to fully open for a while. But Biden on the campaign trail promised to end the migrate the migrant protection protocols known as MPP on day one of his administration. Ilhan Omar says this is a classic bait and switch. I urge Biden's team to reconsider this new position. I think Joe Biden's going to be facing a whole lot of this from the more progressive wing of the party. They are going to claim that they are the ones that pushed him over the finish line and gave him the victory and put him in office. And now he owes them a lot of these. And, and, and you know, to, to, their, to their point, he promised a whole lot of things when he was running for president, as all people do when they're running for president. But uh, what do you think about uh, the, the, the split in the Democratic Party? And how do you think the president-elect is going to be able to try to, uh, to, to find a balance there? Yeah, they're they're angry. They feel that they uh, that they're the ones, like you said, that put Joe Biden over the finish line. Not so much uh, from from a number standpoint. I think more from a standpoint of, hey, we were quiet and didn't say anything and disrupt (laughs) the campaign and Mm -hmm. and embarrass you. But, yeah, they have a a lot of divisions. You know, we mentioned it earlier in the show with Keith about the first African-American defense secretary. Uh, You have Democrats that are against them. And it may be the Republicans are the ones that uh, will get him across the across the line. So they have a lot of divisions, as does the Republican Party. Tony, I hate to say that, you know, the president vetoed the spending bill that was connected to the coronavirus uh, bill. Um, he says he's threatening to veto that aspect of it because he's saying that we should get two thousand check, two thousand dollar checks Woo! instead of six hundred dollar checks. 
So that's uh, bringing a lot of division among the Republicans mm-hmm. because uh, Nancy Pelosi went out on on that out front quickly and said, yes, we want to do two thousand dollars. We'll take it up uh, on Friday. You so know, many people, there's a lot of divisions on both sides. Many people have said that uh, the best thing that could happen to Joe Biden is the Republicans holding the Senate. And he probably uh, secretly actually hopes that that happens because if he if he does if the Democrats do take the Senate and they have the White House the 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 House and the Senate he's gonna the pressure from progressives to move some of these policies that he has talked about in the past he's not gonna have that built-in excuse of oh old Mitch McConnell is in the way and without him. Boy, howdy, we sure would be able to do this. Shucks. Uh, so I, I I think that that's very true. Um, another story that happened this week was Chris Christie had, uh, hinted at a possible run for president in 2024. Uh, we talked to your friend, Senator Ted Cruz, on this show uh, earlier in the year. Uh-huh. And you asked him if he was interested in running for president in 2024 and he didn't say yes but he certainly didn't say no and yep. in fact he kind of indicated that that was something that he was uh, uh definitely looking into um who is if 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 Donald Trump doesn't run for office uh if he doesn't stay involved in politics who is the leader of the Republican party right now that's a very good question. I think that you'd have to say Mitch McConnell because yeah. he's the highest ranking uh, Republican in the Congress mm-hmm. um, as grassroots or outside of of uh, of the Congress out of politics. I, I don't know, but I, I think you'd have to say Mitch McConnell. Do you think Chris Christie would have a serious bid at at the presidency? I don't. I think Mitch McConnell's or not Mitch McConnell. I think Chris Christie's window closed. He should have ran for president in 2012 when he was hot, when people loved his abrasiveness, his his uh, he he wasn't a status quo politician. I think in 2016 when he had to drop out. And then everything that happened when he was a transition director for the Trump campaign and mm-hmm. then he was let go uh, for that reason. Um, he's a regular contributor on uh, ABC uh, Sunday program and he sticks up for the president most of the time. But a lot of times that he doesn't. So I don't see him as viable uh, in 2024, to be honest with you. Do you think that Trump does stick around in politics? Maybe. I don't know if he not necessarily not necessarily looking forward to all the way to 2024 and running for president. But do you think he's going to stay involved in the party and and kind of be its de facto leader even when he's out of office? Tony, do you think a person that's a narcissist and craves attention 24 hours a day is going to leave uh, and needs money after being president (laughs) of the United States? I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to be out of the spotlight no matter what he does. But I could see him. Uh, you know, Rachel and I joke on Dave's show all the time about him getting back into reality television, about like starting The Apprentice back up, which apparently they've he said he might had do discussions about doing that mm-hmm. or, you know, getting involved in, in cable news, whether it be buying a network or starting a network or something like that. So I think he's always obviously going to be in the spotlight, but I don't know if he will be directly involved in politics moving forward. I think he will be directly involved in politics because he wants to shape the direction of the party and he wants to set himself up for 2024. So I think Donald Trump will 
definitely be involved in yeah. politics these next four years without you think a he, doubt. You think he plans on running in 2024 right now? I he, do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think because uh, he thinks he thinks it was stolen from him, which he's got a pretty good case if you if you look at everything that's happened. And he, yeah. and, he and he's a winner type of personality. And he, I don't think he wants to go out on a losing note. If he no, can. I agree. I agree completely. I, I think that uh, that is is it really bothering him and uh, he can't let it go. So no, I think you're right, and I don't think four years is, is going to be enough time to, to cool it off. I think uh, I think right now he has every intention of running again in 2024, which is and it goes amazing. so quickly, Tony. It's yeah. hard for me. Yeah, to you're so right. You're so right. That I was on the Cruz campaign in 2016, and we're at another presidential election. It's it four years. 2024 will be here before you know yeah, it. Yeah, you got that right. Uh, the week will be here before you know it with Chris hosting <laughs> the morning show, Mark's show, and me hosting Dave's show. So please tune in to 97.1 FM Talk all week long. Until then, enjoy the rest of your weekend. For Carl Middleman and Chris Arps, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you for listening to The Weekend Report. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.